As consumers, we are bombarded by it at every turn, like the Incredible Hulk being bombarded by gamma rays. But what makes some media endure, while others are banished to the forgotten black hole of obscurity, never to be heard from again? Who or what decides this? Hetero life mate Steve and Yehel want to know, and they want to know now. This is Obscurity Now. now, now, now. What's up, ladies and gentlemen? Welcome to another episode of Obscurity Now, the show where we take a look at weird and almost forgotten pieces of media, and then we decide if they should be remembered for all of human history or tossed in the black hole of obscurity, never to be heard from again. Uh, my name is Steve, and I am one of the hosts, and with me is a guy who only poops in the bed on the second date. It's... Oh, uh, this is Yahel, which you wouldn't know because right now on the stream I am currently a black I void. See. Even though you promised me, Steve, live, you you made a solemn promise, uh, much like a marriage that ends in <laughs> a turd on the bed, that uh, you would fix my window. But that was for the I theater. Guess, um, and I, I guess get... just like Amber Heard, you uh, you can't be trusted. Oh <laughs> wow! Uh, there we go. Relevant, and... not not obscure. Totally topical. I love it. I mean, so much for being evergreen, but who needs to be evergreen? You can be ever brown. <laughs> yeah, ever brown. That's right. Uh, I'm doing well, Steve. Mm -hmm. uh, my bed is defecation free <laughs> thus far. Uh, That's great. Today, but... I remember you had a big problem with that when we lived together. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I remember like I was like, no, Steve, I need a decaffeinated coffee, not defecation. <laughs> And you were like, oh, <laughs> what an <laughs> awesome, awful joke. I love it. I love it. Uh, but uh, wow. Anyway, well. Steve, why don't we um, <laughs> talk about uh, what show shit the bed in terms of uh, being remembered, I guess, because it's being covered on Obscurity Now. Now, that's not to say the show itself has shit the bed. That'll be for later on to determine. But uh, wow, that's a, that's a pretty great <laughs> transition like... there. You're just you're on fire. I'm just going to sit back and let you go. Uh, but no, yeah, no. Steve. Uh, in fact, uh, just mute yourself <laughs> the rest of the show. I'll be taking over from here. Today, we're, of course, discussing Cadillacs and dinosaurs. <laughs> <laughs> and no, go ahead. Go ahead, Steve. See, I see, feel lost. See what happened there? It uh, Even though you were locked in, the things still moved. Uh, anyway, we should stop talking about it because people who only listen have no idea what's going on. Yeah. Uh, yeah. As Yael said, we are talking about uh, Cadillacs and Dinosaurs, uh, specifically the pilot episode to the 90s uh, cartoon. But Cadillacs and Dinosaurs is much more than just a cartoon. Uh, what else mm. is uh, in the <laughs> Cadillacs and Dinosaurs franchise there, Yael? Uh, well, there's comic books, obviously. But mm -hmm. uh, besides that, there's a couple of video games. I think there's only two mm -hmm. uh did i check to see if there were more than two no am i going off the two that i remember <laughs> yes you're right you're right though you're right uh if it wasn't um, if it wasn't for those games we might not even have this uh um cartoon but more on that in just a moment yeah there's uh the calyx and dinosaurs um arcade beat-em-up mm -hmm. um that came out in 1993 and then there was a Cadillacs and Dinosaurs game uh, for the Sega CD, which was kind of like an on-rails um, game a la, oh, there's actually a game that's really similar to where you drive around a car. But basically, you're kind of driving in the car, but you're not really controlling the car. Um, you just 
have a cursor, you shoot at stuff, and if you do shoot at stuff right and you go in the correct directions, then the next correct animated sequence will play, or one where you die. Kind of, it's kind of one of those games. And I believe it was that Sega CD game that brought the. Um, let's see, it would help if I got my notes up here. They got uh, Steven D'Souza, who is the writer and the guy who basically developed Cadillacs and Dinosaurs for as a cartoon. Uh, that's what uh, he was like, oh, this Cadillacs and Dinosaurs franchise is money in the bank. Let me uh, purchase the rights and then make it into a cartoon because I guess that's what everyone right. was doing. Uh, remember back for the uh, Bruce Willis episode, Bruno the Kid. I mean, I guess everyone was just like, let me get some of that sweet, sweet Saturday morning cartoon money. Yeah, and uh, with the Sega CD game, there was going to be, I, this is like kind of really getting to the weeds here, but um, there was going to be a version for the 3DO, uh, but it never got released, which is unfortunate because the video quality on the 3DO is much, much better than the Sega CD. <gasps> um, but <laughs> but but it was made by this company called Rocket Science Games, which I, I could go on and on about. But uh, mm. one thing uh, that I did find, I don't know if you found this little nugget of information, Elon Musk was... Um, at the time that uh, the Sega CD game was made, mm -hmm. he was an employee at Rocket Science Games as a programmer, and he worked on Cadillacs and Dinosaurs. What? Oh, that's crazy. Yeah. That is an interesting little nugget there. Wow, that did not pop yeah. up in my research. I must not have gone to the dark web like you yeah. did. Too busy defecating, Steve, I guess. <laughs> to, uh... Hey, when you got to go, you got to go. Um, and we got to go on to, I believe, some production. <laughs> wow. My God. You're just uh, these transitions. They're, whew, they're giving me the vapors over here. So, oh, yes. Let's, uh, Yell is completely taking control of, of the flow of the show, which is perfectly fine. So let's dive a little bit deeper into the pilot episode of Cadillacs and Dinosaurs. <laughs> Welcome to your feature presentation. All right, so as uh, I believe Yehel mentioned, um, there are comic books of Cadillacs and Dinosaurs. More specifically, it is uh, based on a comic book originally titled uh, Xenozoic Tales, created by Mark Schultz and published by uh, Kitchen Sink Press. And uh, have, uh, well, I guess before we get any further into it, did you have uh, any kind of history at all with either Cadillacs and Dinosaurs or Xenozoic Tales? Um, I never read the comics. I remember the um, Sega CD game, of course. I remember playing that. And um, then the arcade beat-em-up, which I love. The arcade beat-em-up was like really well-received. Um, even to this day, like people really like that game. You can play it. It's, I don't think it's available for sale anywhere digitally or anything like that. But it's uh, you can play it on MAME via emulation. Just get your hand on the, on a ROM and it runs perfectly. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, I, I remember the cartoon itself, and I want to say I may have watched an episode or two there. But I was like 13, 14 when this was out, mm -hmm. so it wasn't you know quite for my target for, for for my more sophisticated palate as a uh as a horny 13 14 year old boy uh oh you mean hannah dundee didn't do it for you yeah yeah uh, we do have by the way here um stadium arts uh he says why hello there so i just wanted to welcome him but what's uh what, what about your history with uh cadillacs and dinosaurs oh yeah i uh caught the cartoon and since i was 
you know, two years younger than you, way more immature, obviously. Uh, I watched it and loved it. I um, wasn't quite sure about it at first. I was just sort of watching. I was like, this seems cool, but I've never heard of it before. Not like I heard about X-Men or Spider-Man. Uh, I guess that was before I really got into the, uh, the indie uh, world of comic books. And, uh, like, after the cartoon sort of came and went, uh, the comic books still come, kept coming out, and I, I read those as well. Um, so, yeah, I would say I'm something of a Cadillacs and Dinosaurs fanboy, although I never had any of the toys. I never knew about any of the games. Are, are you saying you actually played a Cadillacs and Dinosaurs, like, arcade cabinet somewhere? Yeah. Like, where? I'm just curious. Oh, I don't... I don't remember where. Because I thought, um, if I'm not mistaken, I thought Cadillacs and Dinosaurs, uh, the game, was never released in North America. Did, did they possibly have one in Puerto Rico? No, because I, I wouldn't have been in Puerto Rico there. But it may not have been released here, but it could have been imported. I mean, like Japanese arcade games and like sure. that kind of stuff would get imported all the time. So. Highly, highly and vice probable. Versa. That's why um, in other countries you'll see like arcade cabinets that have the FBI winners don't use drugs warning because like right. you know they do get imported uh, by individual operators even if like you know uh, you know a Data East or whoever doesn't specifically like sell sure. it in that market. Sure, sure, yeah, I got you. Um, but, uh, but yeah, I thought it was awesome, and then uh, I guess you know read the comics for however many I could find, and uh, that was basically it. And I don't know, it's sort of just hung in the back of my uh, my mind, although the comic books are very highly regarded um, in the comic book community because they are all, they're awesome. Like, for some reason, the art reminds me of, uh, of the guy, of like the Rocketeer comics as well, but uh, that's like, that's another story. But anyway, on to the cartoon here. Um, it premiered uh, September 18th in 1993, ran to 1994, I only got one season, unfortunately, um, and uh, basically, here's a quick series synopsis, and it's the adventures of the human survivors in a future dinosaur-dominated world. And of course, since this came out in the 90s, I guess we're, uh, we're post-Jurassic Park here, so I can only imagine that, like, uh, you know, people were looking for more dinosaur content, and then they uh, came upon the uh, the comics and were like, ooh, this is going to get us some of that sweet, sweet, uh, you know, action figure money or however, dinosaur money, however you want to look at it. Uh, so the uh, episode synopsis, uh, the name of the episode is called Rogue, and here it is. Jack Tenrack must stop a rampaging dinosaur from destroying settlements. During the adventure, he meets Hannah Dundee, the Wasoon science ambassador who has just arrived at the city in the sea. Um, and uh, if you don't know what a Wasoon is, we'll talk more about the, uh, the world building of Cadillacs and Dinosaurs in just a bit. Um, so this was ac actually had a director, um, this guy by the name of Raymond Jaffelice. <laughs> Or Hafalice, <laughs> it's a it's an odd name. Uh, yeah. And he actually directed uh, Inspector Gadget, the Ewok cartoon, uh, Care Bears Adventure in Wonderland, guest starring Michael Jackson. Uh, I may have added that in. I don't know. You can. <laughs> 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 and the writers, and this is really kind of what blew my mind when I was uh, researching this because I had no idea. I kept seeing the name Stephen E. D'Souza. And do are you familiar with that name? Do you know some of the stuff he has uh, written? Some of the classic. Man, 
the name rings a bell, but uh-huh. I can't. Uh, I, I, I've definitely seen his name before. All right, sure. all right, get ready. Hold on to your butts. Okay. Yeah, first, uh, we got a Knight Rider, but um, this is what really blew my mind. He wrote Commando, The Running Man, Die Hard 2, A Tales from the Crypt episode, and Street Fighter, the movie. <laughs> wow, that is. Yeah, yeah. It's a resume. Right, yeah. So, yeah, this guy's like, you know, Mr. 80s action here. And, uh, I mean, I think it's great that he stumbled upon Cadillacs and Dinosaurs and was like, this deserves to be a cartoon. And um, as you watch it, it definitely feels like something he wrote. And uh, also credited on the IMDb is Mark Schultz, who I just said was the creator of um, Cadillacs and Dinosaurs. And it just says that it's based on his characters and concepts. And uh, I was even on the fence whether to even... uh, Include this guy. He was the story editor, Dennis Fordham. He worked on uh, Care Bears Adventure, uh, Tintin, and the Mystery Files of Shelby Woo on Nickelodeon. Um, mm, one of my one of my favorite shows to have never watched. Uh, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> or heard of. It sort of came and went, but. Um, Anyway, this was uh, produced by D'Souza Productions, Galaxy Films, and Nelvana, who's well-known throughout the 90s cartoon world. Uh, why don't you take us through that cast? Sure. Uh, I do want to say, yes, Stry, a.k.a. Stadium Arts in the chat, had mentioned uh, when we were talking about where I played the cabinet. Uh, he said probably Pizza Hut. Uh, it wasn't a Pizza Hut, but I do remember uh, just because we, my family, wouldn't go to, didn't go to Pizza Hut. But he just got me like thinking about how like you know Pizza Hut used to be like a real restaurant, I know, I and like know. how like now, now that's obscure, yeah. kind of like because uh, <laughs> and, and he has like one by his house that still does like the buffet and all that stuff. I'm like, man, that is an obscurity now quality Pizza Hut location. Oh, we need uh, to watch out. We might just come visit you. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> just to all go right, to the buffet. Get, yeah. All right, so let's get into this cast. Um, so we've got David Keeley as Jack Tenrack. Um, David Keeley is still acting. Uh, he's got a lot of stuff on his resume. Nothing in particular that I think anybody would really know him for. Never a guy in a starring role. Um, I did see he was on some TV series called Copper. Mm-hmm. Uh, it looks like he was a regular on that, so maybe people know him from that. Um, the other thing that he had kind of like a lot of episodes uh, was something called Friends and Heroes. Okay. Uh, n- never heard of it. So, yeah. Um, but he's in stuff all the time. He's got something that came out this year. Cool. Um, what? Then said, we've got... All I said was cool. Sorry. <laughs> yeah, well, just shut up, okay? <laughs> just kidding. <laughs> all right. So we've got Don Greenhaug. Green Hulk, mm-hmm. uh, starring as Sharnhorst. Mm-hmm. Say that right? Just kind of like the the villain. Mm-hmm. Um, Don Green Hart <laughs> was born in 1933 in China. Wow. She is still kicking and has um, a role this year in something called Great Performances. So she is still working. Uh, she was in Babar and the Adventures of Badoo 2010 for a bunch of episodes. So maybe you know her from that. Maybe you don't. But she was also in Babar in 1989. So she like is reprising her role. <laughs> she, like she, you can't make a Babar uh, movie or TV show without going through this woman first. Yeah, so she so she played Queen Celeste in the 1989 Babar and the 2010 version. Um, I'm trying to think who's you can compare her to. It's like. Um... Kane Hodder, who used to always play Jason, I guess, in Friday the 13th. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> or um, 
what's his face? Uh, Mr. Optimus Prime. Uh, oh, yeah, Peter, yeah. Peter, uh, um, I was Mr. Wel- Welker. Uh, well, Frank Welker is Megatron. Uh, Sorry. But, uh, yeah, we'll figure it out later. Yeah, yeah, who cares? <laughs> um, his family, I guess, maybe. Who knows? Um, anyways, we've got Susan Roman as Hannah Dundee. Mm-hmm. Uh, much to my disappointment, Susan is blonde. Um, <laughs> not a brunette, but I'll, I'll forgive her. How, how dare they cast someone in a voice that's not exactly like who they are? <laughs> yeah. Uh, Stry said in the chat, damn, that is so old. Yeah. <laughs> I used to watch Babar when I was five. <laughs> when I lived in Newfoundland and we only had two channels. I never watched it. Too cool. Too cool to watch it. <laughs> Uh, but, uh, yeah, anyway, Susan's done a bunch, a bunch of animation voiceover work. Um, so you, there's lots of stuff you might know her from Sailor Moon. Um, I would suspect because she was uh, Sailor Jupiter. Wow. So maybe people know her from that, but maybe if you're a freak, you know her from Franny's feet. If you're, uh, <laughs> if, if you're, is Jean that really, Snitsky, a, is that really a foot you, fetish video or something? It, <laughs> It's like a kid's cartoon. Oh, okay. Because, <laughs> I, I mean, I was at Quentin Tarantino's the other day. He had an entire library Ooh, of it. <laughs> but was he hanging out with Gene Snitsky? <laughs> yeah, yes. He He's a footman. Was Tony Atlas there as well? Oh, they were footmen too? I, I think I remember yeah, hearing yeah, that. Yeah. Oh, gosh. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You can get somebody to step on them. Uh, oh, you hire them no. For a, you hire them for an indie show. You can pay them in... in feet smells or something i don't know that's what you can find <laughs> hannah dundee doing these days <laughs> yeah yeah yeah. then we've got uh ted dylan as uh hammer uh ted dylan uh i close his window uh another guy that's acting still pretty regularly but you don't know him from anything hmm. um but uh and i feel like that was most of the like major important characters from this show um, there's some other minor ones, but eh, why, why, why go into their careers, Steve? Yeah, no, that's, uh, that's plenty. That's plenty. Yeah. Uh, Stadium Arts is, uh, talking about how Sailor Jupiter was a hottie. Is that the one with the blue hair? I, <laughs> I don't even remember. Um, but I, once again, Susan didn't even have blue hair, so. Oh, know, man, cancel, the gimmick. cancel her, cancel. <laughs> All right, so uh, we're going to jump into this episode uh, starting now. Okay, so we open on a full moon, but it's not just one moon, you hell. It's mm. a big moon and a little moon. So you're like, whoa, what's going on here? Are they on another planet? Uh, so we see the silhouettes of several dinosaurs traversing uh, the horizon of a lush green forest, like right off the bat, I, I was like, wow, this animation is pretty awesome. Like for the nineties, for a nineties cartoon, mm-hmm. like, what did you think? Yeah, like, yeah, I agree. Definitely a, a cut above for sure. Uh, the character designs also were, are really good. Uh, mm-hmm. but obviously, I mean, they're, I, again, I didn't, I didn't read the comic, but I'm assuming they're based off the comic. Yeah, they're, they're really close. I'd say, I mean, a little bit. A little bit more bubbly than the actual comic, which is like more like a pulp style, but <laughs> whatever. I'm just nitpicking yeah. here. Uh, but by the way, Stry said that um, Jupiter was the uh, tomboy. Uh, oh. The green suit trim, dark brown hair. <laughs> I mean, whatever you're into, Stadium Arts, it's all good. Um, so, uh, all right, we uh, pan across. I also like how very uh, cinematic all the camera movements are and everything, because then we pan across the forest. And we land on a large, like, truck-type vehicle. Most likely a truck. 
Uh, it's, it, <laughs> this is the kind of expert analysis you can only get here. That's why Stadium Arts is here. Now I had to talk about his love of Sailor Moon girls. Uh, yeah. Inside, we see two uh, tough-looking dudes sitting next to a uh, lovely-looking brunette lady in red. And this is uh, Hannah Dundee. I'll tell you, none of the sa- none of the Sailor Scouts hold a candle to Hannah Dundee. At least not in my book. Uh, they're talking about going to some village and, uh, you know, meeting up with some people for the first time. Then we see some thugs hiding in the bush. And they cut down a tree which lands on the road, forcing the truck off the road. Uh, so Hannah and the two dudes see a large gun, like, like being aimed, like, right at them. And they just leap from the truck uh, just as it's shot by the gun. Uh, Hannah then goes over to uh, the dude who ends up, uh, his name is uh, Coitus, or Choitus, something like that. <laughs> um, that was his name, right? <laughs> and I think he, so, I think and so. And he's got like a hurt foot, and then uh, um, he says that uh, the people, um, they're not supposed to be like hostile, they're supposed to be rebu- rebuilding civilization, not destroying it. Uh, Hannah says they aren't from the city. They then show this sort of pirate-looking flag kind of thing, and Choitus tells us that it's Hammer, Tahoon, and his renegades. Obviously bad guys. I mean, they look like they're straight out of, like, uh, a Mad Max movie, basically. Uh, Choitus tells uh, Hannah to go on. He'll only slow her down. Uh, Classic heroic stuff. Uh, because she must create an alliance with, uh, with you know, the, they're going to the city on the sea. That's where they're going. Mm-hmm. So cue intro, and uh, much like with Exo Squad, which we just watched two weeks ago, it's the, sort of that um, intro style where it's just kind of like an orchestrated theme with a VO guy explaining the plot. Um, yeah. What did you think of the music going on behind the VO guy? Uh, it was okay um i didn't think it was anything like particularly great kind of i didn't feel like it fit the show very well i agree with Um, you i mean i could see how people at the time would think that that would fit because of cadillacs uh if you've never heard the theme it sounds it almost sounds like sort of surfy at the beginning or yeah bluesy like sort of roadhouse blues it also reminds me of another animated show that um that we talked about way back in the beginning can you remember Oh, um, shoot. That was like bluesy. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I'm not going to be able to It's all right. It's Street Sharks. It reminded me of Ah, Street Sharks. Yeah, which which both of them suck. I mean, they don't necessarily (laughs) suck. It's just kind of cheesy. At this point, it's kind of cheesy. And yeah, I don't really think it fits either. Not a deal breaker or anything. It obviously didn't make me change the channel. Um, So uh, cut to a man cruising the wasteland in a red Cadillac. He's got a smirk on his face. He looks like he's wearing a denim vest with the sleeves cut off that he stole from Razor Ramon. Uh, (laughs) He sees a smoke coming from uh, the town and kicks it into high gear. Uh, This man is Jack Tenrek. He is uh, basically our lead protagonist or co-lead if you want to include uh, Hannah in there, but uh, we'll see. Uh, Jack jumps out to help, but the townspeople turn on him. They say it's his fault because they said a Shivitz, which is their term for a dinosaur, or I think specifically a T-Rex. Uh, there aren't. He told them to build a town here that the dinosaurs won't bother him, but this dinosaur is out there and he's uh, wreaking havoc. 
Uh, Jack gives them a lecture about uh, the balance of uh, nature with like, I guess, human living, uh, very Captain Planet kind of stuff. Mm -hmm. And uh, Jack says if the dino comes back, uh, he'll destroy it. Uh, any thoughts or comments so far, you hell? Uh, no, no. I mean, it's uh, pretty nice, as you were saying uh, before we started, a uh, pretty nice little bit of world building that they do here. Um, and uh, clearly established kind of like our, our hero and the things he cares about. So, yeah, uh, pretty good. Yeah, now, going back to, okay, so they called this T-Rex a shivitz. Like, there is a lot of, like, sort of weird world-building jargon uh, that goes uh, throughout the episode. And I even remember watching it, I don't know, as a 12-year-old, and I'm just like, what the heck are you talking about? But uh, it's okay because there's still plenty of action and like awesome dinosaurs and cars if you're into that sort of thing uh mm -hmm. so uh anyway cut to the renegade base uh the hammer again who's the leader is making a deal with um who ends up being uh the governor uh, i don't have her name written here um but she is, uh sharn Sharn yeah. horse <laughs> that one yes that one yeah sharn horse yes she admits that she's uh, stirring up the villagers to discredit uh, Jack Tinrec. Uh Hammer then, um, oh, there's actually an important part here where he shows that he has a grenade that's going to pay off later. Um, Hammer then rides a motorcycle with a Triceratops skull on the front, which is like the coolest thing I've ever seen. Mm -hmm. um, like, that's a toy you want right there. Um, so we cut back to Hannah who uh, finds the uh, city in the sea, um, which is basically the ruins of New York. There's like a sign on it that says uh, like New York Public Library or something along those lines. Uh, she spies a Shivit, a.k.a. a T-Rex. It's the same one. And uh, they don't really, she doesn't really call it out because I guess it's too far away, but there's clear that there's something on its back. Um, she hears someone coming in a vehicle <laughs> and like, this kind of, eh, well, she just basically goes ahead and shoots first and asks questions later. She shoots out the wheels with her double-decker crossbow, which, again, is just some pretty badass attention to detail. Yeah. Um, and uh, lo and behold, it was uh, Jack Tenrak's Cadillac, and it causes it to, like, flip over. He gets thrown from the car, and as he comes to, <laughs> he sees this weird lizard man in a cloak. And uh, <laughs> this is almost like his... Um, it's almost like his version of Obi-Wan Kenobi. <laughs> mm -hmm. And uh, and it talks about his... Um, it's like this weird Latin phrase. It's like this way of living to where you're, you're like rebuilding society, but you're also help um, take care of nature at the same time. Um, and as far as I remember, that really wasn't in the uh, comics. I could only imagine that the TV executives were like, because, you know, back then the environment was a hot button issue. They were like, uh, uh, Mr. D'Souza, you really have to like, in, in between all the violence and, uh, you know, and the attractive women running around, right. uh, you really need to put in a positive message. So he's like, oh, okay, well, we're, uh, we're saving nature. How about that? Um, yeah, and it, and it was a hot button item at the time. Not that it isn't now, but uh, it was, you know, like you mentioned Captain Planet. There was uh, a lot of uh, attention uh, kind of being put on environmental issues. Absolutely. And I mean, and I think it works. Uh, it, uh, it, but at the same time, sometimes I feel like they are put in a little too much world building. It's like you could space it out over episodes, but uh, but whatever. It's uh, 
it's interesting to say the least. So um, the weird lizard man tells him to like, I don't know, trust his instincts or something. Uh, then uh, Jack like comes to completely and he sees Hannah standing above him. She thinks Jack is part of Hammer's gang, which uh, I think is understandable. Um, sure. Yeah, and then Jack says he's against poachers. Oh, yeah, he she calls him a poacher. He says, no way, I'm against uh, the poachers. I'm a old blood mechanic, which basically is like, I'm a Jedi. <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> um, yeah, but I'm an old blood mechanic. I respect nature, blah, blah, blah. Um, Jack and Hannah then uh, repair the tire. And that's like kind of a cool way for them to sort of, I don't know, get to know each other while they yeah, fix the tire. Um, like just uh, what you would expect from one uh, Steven D'Souza. Uh, Hannah says that she's a diplomat and a scientist. And Jack says he hates both. Um, they, <laughs> so, yeah, you, you kind of got your classic trope here of, of course, they first meet and then they hate each other. But right. then uh, they eventually become friends. And I think in the comics, maybe even a little more. Uh, they, they, <laughs> I'm sorry, am I uh, exciting stadium arts? Uh, no, all right. Uh, no, you didn't say it was Jupiter. Oh, uh, right, right. Um, Jupiter, so. Save it for your fan fiction, buddy. <laughs> uh, <laughs> they turn on the radio and, uh, Jack talks about, uh, Governor, um, uh, he talks about Governor Shinehorse and on the radio is actually Governor Shinehorse, like doing her best, uh, Alex Jones impression. Um, yeah, pretty much. And, uh, and then he gets mad and smashes his radio. Um, then, uh, then they go into Jack's garage, which is like this awesome sort of like fortress kind of thing. Again, a toy mm -hmm. you'd want to buy 100%. Right, right. Uh, inside is like uh, one of his, um, I don't know, friends or whatever you want to call him. It's uh, Mustafa. We also meet Hermes, which is uh, Jack's pet T-Rex. Um, Hannah sees a uh, smoke once again <laughs> uh, from the same village as before. Jack uses a telescope to see um, that once again that uh, the Shivit, aka T Rex, has returned to wreak havoc on this uh, uh, village. And he arms himself and says he's going to have to put it down. And of course, Hannah and Mustafa want to come, and he's like, I don't want an audience. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, and uh, again, all stuff that makes sense. Um, so uh, they then show the female governor. Uh, she was uh, the one who was meeting with Hammer. Uh, again, Shine Horse. Uh, they, uh, uh, they get into the... Sh the Shivit is attacking, and she says she can now do whatever she wants because the villagers no longer trust uh, Jack. Uh, basically, she's like your typical evil politician, wants to, mm -hmm. you know, uh, tear down a forest, you know, kill a bunch of animals, and that's just not... Yeah, she, like, wants to expand, like, into, like, all these, like, forest areas. Mm -hmm. and build a, build a Disney park out there, I bet. Yeah, pretty much, pretty much. She's your, uh, she, she's, she, she is, like, very much like a Captain Planet villain. Oh, I thought you were going to say Ron DeSantis. <laughs> Uh, that'll work. <laughs> uh, yeah, we know about him out here. Uh, so Jack shows up to take down the Shivitz as he's setting up. He see, once again sees the weird old frog guy. He says that the old blood can't take a life, but uh, yeah, don't and to not turn your back. And this is the name of, I guess, his weird sort of Jedi thing, the Machio. Macchiato Vitae. That's what it's called. Yeah. So again, a lot of weird words that some 12-year-olds are probably not going to remember. Anyway, 
Right. So Jack takes aim, and as he's uh, you know looking through the telescope, he sees the tracker in the back of the dino. He jumps on the back and he pulls off the tracker. And actually, I keep writing that it was a tracker. It's not really that. It's a um, like and a it was yeah, it was like emitting like a high pitch sound that was making the dinosaur go crazy, but only a sound that only the dinosaur could hear. Although Jack does say that. I could barely hear it myself, so I don't know if the implication here is that you know, because of his mysterious Jedi-like nest that he's got some heightened senses, I guess. Right, right, exactly. So um, the dinosaur leans in to eat him, but then at the end, I guess his regular instincts... They kiss. Yeah, they, they kiss. <laughs> uh, and then he just uh, trounces off into the forest. So Hannah and Mustafa show up. Hannah says it's a short-range receiver. And whoever is using it must be very close. Cut to two renegade thugs, um, and they have a receiver of their own. Hannah and Mustafa take them down. Jack confronts Hammer, and they fight. And I thought the the fight scene here was pretty awesome, especially for like a '90s uh, kids cartoon. Yeah, yeah, not bad, not bad. Uh, whoop! Sounds like your laundry's done. Um, sorry about that, Steve. Right. My my bomb uh, just went <laughs> off. Yeah, sorry. I forgot that I had the buzzer. Yeah, no worries. Hammer throws the grenade, uh, which we saw from earlier in the episode, um, right at Jack. Uh, then um, it explodes, knocking him down. Hammer then goes to finish Jack off. Whoops, I said that wrong. Uh, but Jack, <laughs> get, um, in this part, I thought was kind of lame. I imagine, again, there was probably, like, uh, you know, studio executives maybe who took a little umbrage with maybe too much violence. And so rather than... Like having a knockdown drag out like final battle with uh, with the villain um, Hammer, Jack like almost like the scene in Jurassic Park where um, Alan Grant tells that little kid about how like the uh, the raptor is gonna come and like you know slice him up and eat his guts and stuff. Mm -hmm. He basically does the same thing uh, to the villain here, uh, yeah. and Hammer gets scared and runs away, which is. Eh, pretty lame but everything's been so good up to this point i mean you just kind of have to let it slide uh jack then confronts the governor in her office and again again jack throws down the transmitter and he's like here's the evidence that the governor smashes the transmitter and goes what right. evidence what evidence and then uh jack gives i'd say like a a well-written um you know sort of the old uh I'll get you next time kind of uh, speech where he says, uh, what goes around comes around and I'll be around. Um, which I'd say is uh, pretty decent for Saturday morning cartoon writing. Yeah, yeah. And uh, that is basically the first episode, aka pilot episode of um, Cadillacs and Dinosaurs, um, aka The Rogue. Um, any, uh, any more uh, thoughts about that? Um, no, no. Um, you, I think you wrapped it up uh, pretty nicely. Mm. Um, yeah, uh, I, I really don't know what else I could add to your uh, beautiful uh, description, <laughs> Steve. Uh, you really, you really hit all the high notes. Well, and the I mean, notes, and the medium notes. <laughs> it's easy when it was so, uh, I guess, well written to begin with. Um, but uh, yeah, it's, it's very easy to follow. Yeah, yeah. All right, so I'll go ahead and run the bumper and. Uh, we will render our verdict about this. So here we go. Next question. 
So, Yehel Velasquez, uh, uh, do you think that Cadillacs and Dinosaurs, the cartoon pilot, should be tossed in the black hole of obscurity, never to be heard from again, or remembered for all of human history? Uh, I say we should remember this one. Uh, pretty good. Uh, like you said, it's it's well written. It flies by. Um, and uh, yeah, the animation uh, is definitely a cut above most 90s uh kids show animation of the time uh so yeah i say uh keep it oh let's I, say what say you steven oh i agree uh 100 like this was uh this was a joy to watch like if if only some way like someone could buy like exo squad and cadillacs and dinosaurs and they could have like a shared universe <laughs> even though that would make no sense i think it would be pretty awesome um, right uh, yeah, the animation is great. I mean, the writing is what really does it for me because uh, Steven D'Souza wrote uh, a lot of the movies that I loved back in like the 80s and 90s anyway. And I feel like this is sort of his like a PG version of like a lot of the stuff that he did. And um, out of all the sort of like properties he could have, you know, picked, I'm glad he picked this one because I mean, I love the concept of uh, Cadillacs and dinosaurs, just these uh, awesome yeah. cars driving around like freaking dinosaurs. Uh, it's uh, pretty sweet. And now, why do you think that Cadillacs and dinosaurs didn't uh, carry on any further? I don't know. Um, again, you know, I wasn't watching at the time and uh, I wasn't watching a lot of like kids cartoons at the time either. So I don't know. I guess it's hard for me to say like why why. I'm assuming like it went down. It, it just didn't do well in the ratings or something, mm. but it, it's kind of hard to find information about it. Like I was more curious as to how they got the rights to Cadillacs and like how they worked that out with General Motors or whatever. They, they licensed it. Uh, I mean, I figured that yeah. obviously they had to license it. I was just kind of curious as to how that came about and oh, yeah, if yeah. GM had any kind of influence on, you know, the content of the show itself. Oh, that's a, um, that's a good question. Because um, obviously General Motors wouldn't want, you know, like any big company, they're not going to want, you know, their vehicle like being part of like something that, you know, is going to cost them sales. Right. Right. right <laughs> absolutely. Um, yeah. Uh, I don't know. I mean, I remember this had like a decent time slot kind of like in the, you know, at the end of all the other cartoons, I think. Um, I mean, my only other guess was, you know, maybe it was premiering at like 630 in the morning and no one could watch it. But I guess we can always just um, assume that it didn't sell enough toys. And so they uh, pulled the plug on it. Um, yeah, it, it might have been a little too uh, smart, maybe for its own good. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, it, it, it's a show that like it looks to me like it's marketed at kids, but the content even though it's easy to follow, you know, it's a little bit more sophisticated than you would normally see in a kid's show. There's a lot of political stuff. There's the environmental stuff, which I mean, the environmental stuff is, I guess, like not that difficult to like, you know, grasp, yeah. put in a kid's show or something. Mm -hmm. But, uh, you know, there's a lot of nuance to the show and the characters. Sure. And, and I think you could say, you know, the you, same. Know, you know how stupid kids are. <laughs> I mean, I almost <laughs> think you could say the same thing about Exo Squad. It was maybe oh, just for sure. Too, they were both too smart for their own good. Yeah. Um, but uh, but ExoSquad, you know, they were, I think, a little bit smarter about their marketing in the sense that they marketed, I think, as a little bit more adult kind of a thing, because it even had like the tagline for a while where it was like called um, ExoSquad, the American anime. Right. You know, right. Right. And that right there is already going to like 
get some people that are older folks that are into anime to kind of check it out and stuff. Sure, um, although sure. it's a squad, you know, they had their line of toys and stuff too, but. Absolutely. Well, I guess uh, we'll just have to track down some Cadillacs and Dinosaurs uh, toys and pair it with uh, all the E-frames I have with no action figures and then just make our own episodes. <laughs> uh, okay, well, it sounds like this one is definitely remembered, so here we go. In accordance to Obscurity Now, the most important streaming YouTube podcast in all of the internet, you shall be remembered. Yes. Good show. Good, good show. All right. Yeah. I wanted to, like, after I watched that first episode, I immediately wanted to watch more. Um, but, uh... All right. Well, man, we wrapped that one up quick. I mean, there was just nothing yeah. to even complain about or make fun of, <laughs> hardly. Yeah, the, the only thing, I mean, if I could change anything about it, the theme song would be the, the one thing. Yep, you can improve upon that. It's not very uh, memorable. Um, and, uh, I mean, if this were to come on, like, uh, Adult Swim or something at, like, 11 p.m., then maybe have a better... Uh, you know, sort of in battle or resolution between Jack Tenrack and the hammer other than, ooh, I'm going to scare you with the fact that, you know, dinosaurs have your scent. And, you know, you get what I'm saying. Yeah. Uh, yeah. But, uh, well, anyway, uh, happy 50th episode. I don't know if this is something worth uh, celebrating, but, uh, yeah, 50 episodes in the can. How does it feel? Uh, it feels uh, delightful, Steve. Like, like you ever... <laughs> You ever defecate? And, uh, <laughs> I knew it. You ever take a but, shit uh, on someone's bed? It feels like that. You, you ever have like an immaculate poop where you just like you you just like feel like I don't even need to wipe on this one. Like mm-hmm. it's so like clean and uh, uh, that's how I feel. Although I'm a bidet man, so I mean I don't really have to worry about wiping uh, per wow. se. But uh, this episode really went into the gutter. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, well. Here's to 50 more. Uh, cheers. Uh, and another cheers. thing to uh, celebrate is that uh, if you've been watching us for a while, you know I've been uh, talking about the creation of my comic book, Escape to Earth. Well, last night around midnight, the Kickstarter went live. So <clears throat> no, more, uh, no more excuses. Go there and throw all your money at it. <laughs> <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, there's a digital option. Uh, print and then there are variant cover um and or you could buy all of it if you want for the low low price of 20 bucks uh so so yeah please uh yeah go ahead and check that out uh anything going on at the uh, wrestling with gaming camp uh nope just still working on some upcoming videos very slowly um i did very recently um this is so I'm a, I'm a little buzzed but uh, I got uh this lovely um ergonomic mouse Not and yet. I uh d- made some changes to my setup here where things are just uh more ergonomic cuz my tendonitis was actually making it it was actually hurting so bad that it was actually difficult for me to work on scripts after work Aww. um and work on editing so yeah um I didn't realize you had tendonitis ah in both arms Steve both arms uh so thanks, work, for making me type so furiously. But I think a lot of it was due to, like, my posture and stuff. So this has actually really helped out a lot. But, yeah, dude, like, when I work out, I have to, like, 
I use like these special like I don't even know how to describe like these like weird claw things. Mm-hmm. Like so if I'm doing anything that's like back any pulling exercises, I use these things to take pressure off like my tendons. Otherwise wow. I wouldn't be able to work out my back and biceps. I thought you were gonna blame it on your your years in the ring. The dark side of the ring that is. Oh, I wish. I wish. <laughs> But uh, anyways, uh, what about you, Steve? Well, I guess we already talked about what, what's going on with yeah, you. Yeah, I went ahead uh, and uh, decided to make myself first this time. Um, yeah, so. Uh, well, good good for you, Steve. <laughs> <laughs> well, usually I am. Yeah, how do you feel? You feel like a big man? Uh, no, more. I mean, I'm excited. And, defecate on a bed. Yeah, well, if, uh, if we get fully funded, <laughs> I will defecate on a bed. <laughs> Is that is that one of the tiers, one of the uh, the rewards? Full on defecation. If you, if you donate a thousand dollars, Steve will come and defecate on your bed. Uh, uh, that's right, everybody. Escape from your bed is the secret <laughs> to escape to Earth. Uh. It wasn't a tier before, but it is now. Um, I guess. Uh, also, I was on the uh, Cheap Seat Reviews uh, movie podcast talking about Watership Down. Uh, the most depressing talking animal movie probably in film history. Uh, they call me in for the hard ones, I guess. Uh, so there'll be a link to that in uh, the description. And uh, all right, we will close out the show with the Escape to Earth trailer. Uh, once again, check out the Kickstarter. And uh, we will see you uh, next Sunday when we will be discussing the Tick Mother's Day special Uh comic book that is yep that's right it's a comic book and, episode and i expect to see each and every one of you there brother all right all right jesus uh we did have chris perry also in the chat i, I didn't want to uh miss saying hello to chris but yeah we will see you guys for mother's day with the tick uh just like your mother has always wanted uh your father to bring to her but he doesn't <laughs> really love her anymore he doesn't get her anymore oh, the way wow. he used to and like, uh, but don't worry, we're gonna we're, we're gonna give your mother what she wants next. Sunday. She's like she opens up the box and she's like, roses, diamonds. I wanted the tick, damn it! Get out! And now we'll get out. Uh, thanks again for listening, everyone. Like, share, subscribe, tell all your friends, and we'll see you next week. Bye bye. You've been enjoying Obscurity Now, a podcast that's recorded live to tape and streamed to Twitch and YouTube. Subscribe so you never miss an episode or hilarious quip. Take us with you by following the download links provided in the show notes to wherever you get podcasts. And take notice of our various social media links. If that's what you're into, I'm not here to judge. And make sure you join us live next week at 6 p.m. Eastern, 3 p.m. Pacific as we continue to discuss more obscure media only on Obscure Now.